Hey, Lexi, Clerks 3 is on digital, and we watched it. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Then let's get the conversation started. Hello, and welcome to Lexicon. It is Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And that's right. Today, we're taking a look at Kevin Smith's latest foray into the viewist universe, Clerks 3. Now, spoiler warning before we start, so if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, don't listen to this podcast until you've seen it, because, you know, you can't unspoil a movie. Man, I wish you could unspoil a movie. Anyway, uh, Clerks 3 was a beautiful movie. I mean, just <laughs> wonderfully written and acted and just a time capsule and a love letter to something that was just really special to be a part of. And, I mean, make no mistake about it, I didn't write, direct, act in, or any of the above on the original Clerks, but it, it's a part of me and I'm a part of it as far as our pop culture DNA, you know, as an ardent fan of the movie and Kevin's in general. Yeah. You know, propagating its exposure into the wider world and just having it be a part of, you know, my upbringing, yeah. as it were. And I hated it. Wow. Absolutely hated it. It's a great movie, but I hate it. I mean, it wasn't a bad follow-up. In fact, it was probably a great follow-up to the original Clerks. <laughs> the problem is, Clerks 2 existed. Wow, and it just two. eradicated that movie. It chrono-crossed that movie. It Steven Universe futured that movie. I don't I've know. Rarely, I've rarely seen an artist go that far out of their way to completely destroy something that they created. I mean, it's, I, I guess Kevin's ashamed of Clerks 2 or something, because he just completely ripped the heart out of it and the Askew universe in general. Now, I kind of disagree that kind of ways Clerks 2, because without Clerks 2, you'd, you wouldn't have the same story in Clerks 3. But I feel but like, I feel the like story in Clerks 3 comes from, because of Clerks 2. You could have introduced the fact that Dante had a wife and lost her in... But it wouldn't two, be the same. In, in two minutes, yeah, it would have. Then it'd have been some random person. It still would have been. It would have, it would have, it would have, been, it would have been the same for the purpose of this movie. And like I say, it would have been a, if we'd had clerks and then jumped to this, I'd have been amazed. I'd have been blown away. you got to understand, too, going back, Clerks 2 was the first direct sequel that Kevin did to any of his movies. You know, before that, we had Clerks and Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma. And Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And then he, he uh, departed from the Askew Universe for a bit to make Jersey Girl and then returned to it with Clerks 2. And Kevin's movies always had a shared universe, you know, taking inspiration from comics long before the MCU was on screen. As far, so you'd see his characters pop up in subsequent films and you'd find a little bit about him, but we hadn't had an actual sequel yeah. until Clerks 2. And when he announced it and I started seeing trailers and whatnot, I was nervous, you know, because I love those Askew Universe pictures so much. I mean... Clerks was never my favorite. Uh, Marx is my favorite. And, I mean, if I had to rank them, Clerks would probably rank no higher than fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, excluding, because I'm talking pre-Clerks 2, it would rank at least fifth after that. Because, I mean, I put Marx ahead of it. I would put Clerks 2 ahead of it once I saw it. And before that, Chasing Amy and Dogma would both go ahead of it. But I still loved the movie. It was still fantastic. And, and it's the genesis of all of this. Yeah. But um, uh, what was I saying now? Something about Clerks 2. Well, uh, yeah, um, like I say, even though I, Clerks 2 wasn't my favorite of Kevin's films, I still loved it, and I was I was worried, you know, mm-hmm. is, is he going to be able to live up to the standard that he has set and not, you know, ruin what's come before it? Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, he knocked it out of the park. Clerks 2 was a revelation. I did not expect the sort of growth for these characters in this story that we got in Clerks 2 and the heart that was there. Mm-hmm. And it's like after, you know, 15 years of toiling away in a dissatisfying life, Dante Hicks finally gets his happy ending he and randall you know buy the store and he he gets the girl he gets the kid it's all working out for him Mm -hmm. and so i figured clerks three you know this is going to be randall's time to finally get his i I knew the plot going in that 
he was going to have a heart attack like Kevin did in real life and choose to make a movie. I kind of like Kevin in real life because he made Jane Silent Bob reboot mm-hmm. after the heart attack. And, of course, it's more based on him making Clerks original, which had nothing to do with him having a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, but that was the impetus for the character in-universe. Um, but So I figured this was going to be Randall's happy ending. He'd, he'd you know, make the movie and make his mark, like mm-hmm. he talked about in, in Clerks 2. And maybe even get the girl, maybe not. I didn't know. It's not that having a relationship is everything, but, you know, yeah. if, it, if it's what you want, it's something to strive for. And it's like we got none of that. And and everything that Dante had was just ripped away from him. And it's just like, really? I mean, you know, the crazy thing, too, is I wasn't that excited about Clerks 3 going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was excited when he first started talking about it years ago. But by this point, you know, it, it felt a little weird to me to be staging production and then touring it in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like he was making any real effort to get it into home. So I figured I probably wasn't going to see it. And then I happened to be looking through Instagram, and they had a clip on there, and it was the audition scene clip. Uh-huh. And I started watching. I'm like, I'm this. I'm digging this. I'm looking forward to seeing this. And then at the end, on digital today, well, technically it was on digital tomorrow because I watched it the day after. But I'm like, oh, my God, did I just see what I thought I saw? <laughs> and so I was pumped. And then I just got that kick in the gut that was Clerks 3. I mean, I knew we were in trouble, or I thought we were, when I saw that he had the uh, in loving memory of Rebecca uh-huh. on the cash register, which I also thought was weird because I, I knew – that Rosario Dawson was in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she, the poster is the four from Clerks 2. It's it's Dante and Randall and Elias and Becky. and mm-hmm. So I knew she was in it, but it's like, okay, is this some sort of a gag or something? Like, their wedding invitation said R.I.P. to her because she's becoming a, a Hicks now and getting married. It's like a joke or something. But obviously, as the, as the film went on, it made it clear that wasn't the case. But I started to not necessarily be okay with it, but I started to vibe with it because it was handled so well. Mm -hmm. The scenes with with Dante talking to her spiritually or or however you want to phrase it were just done so well. I'm like, okay, maybe I can buy this. I still thought it sucked. absolutely sucked. Especially if you look at the dates. It's 2006. So like a month after the end of Clerks or so, uh, Clerks 2, this happens. It's like, fuck me. But it was done so, and then, but then the end, and I, and I had a feeling we were leading into Dante getting a heart attack. But, you know, Chekhov's heart condition, they, they mentioned him potentially having heart trouble after Randall yeah. had his yeah. episode. So, okay, I figured we're going there. But then to kill him off? Are you fucking kidding me? And I mean, the mm. scene with he and Becky in the movie theater was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But the movie didn't earn that scene. It's just like, all of a sudden Dante passes out, and then we're going into that, and he's going off into the afterlife with Becky? What the fuck? Yeah, especially after the scene earlier, where she's like, hey, you still exactly. got to tell. One of the times she's talking to her, she's like, you know, it's beautiful. You don't know how lucky you are. You still get to live. And then he's like, nah, fuck living. Let's just go on. <laughs> so the movie not only erases what came before, but contradicts itself. I mean, Last Jedi, anyone? I'm sorry, I digress. But anyway. Well, technically, Rebecca's still like, hey, don't you want to stay? And he's like, nah, I'm ready, I'm ready to go on. But here, here's what I'm thinking. If Dante had been, like, battling cancer, let's say, throughout the film, and, and a big part of the story was him coming to grips with his own mortality, then that scene really works and hits hard and plays well. But the fact that it's just, like, one minute he's there and the next minute he's gone, I, I don't think the film earned that scene the way it was. And, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks maybe Kevin was sort of pulling from the pandemic a little bit where people do just lose their life quickly. And, and look, don't get me wrong. I know it happens in real life every day, pandemic or no. But this isn't real life. It's a movie. And I know we want movies to be somewhat realistic, but guess what? People live happy lives, too, and and, and don't just suddenly die, too. So as the writer, it's your choice what to do with these characters. So he could have chosen another path. Speaking of Last Jedi, sort of like Kevin's review of Last Jedi when it came to the portrayal of Luke, he's like, 
it's not a choice I would have made, but it's a choice. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie at large. It was a choice, but certainly not the choice I would have made. Yeah. But as I say, maybe it was sort of drawing inspiration from the pandemic without talking about it, because that can get messy trying to factor that whole thing into a piece of pop culture. Like, I've seen things do it and do it well, and I think they should. I don't think you should hide from it. But I also understand not factoring it into because it's, it's a complicated you know, thing to handle. And if that's not really the focus of what you're doing, I understand steering away from it. So maybe that was his way of sort of paying tribute to it without actually mentioning it because, you know, you do lose people suddenly mm-hmm. in cases like this. So on that level, I could sort of respect it, but without, A, without any actual confirmation that was the intention, it, it rings hollow. And B, just for the sake of these characters, I don't care if that's the intention. That's not what I want to see. That's not where the story should have gone. If you're taking this in a different direction, that's fine. But what you gave us in Clerks 2 shouldn't have led into this. Not to satisfy the fans at all, anyway. And I mean, I also find it really strange that Kevin chose to kill off his on-screen doppelganger. And I mean, I know you're going to say, well, Kevin plays Silent Bob, but anybody who's heard the overly loquacious Kevin Smith speak knows that Silent Bob is not Kevin Smith. Yeah. And I know in-universe, Randall made the movie that was uh, the analog to Clerks. Um, And of course, Kevin has said that he gave Randall all the best lines in Clerks because he was originally going to play Randall. But he's also admitted that Randall was based way more on Brian Johnson and that Dante was way more like the real-life Kevin Smith. So I'm wondering if this is Kevin's way of saying, I'm done with the Isk universe. I'm washing my hands to it. The the, the in-universe me is dead. It's dead. I'm moving on. But at the same time, just move on from it. You don't need to rip out people's hearts and piss off fans just to move on from something. You moved on before and made Jersey Girl, and nobody was making a big deal about it. I'm sure somebody was, because people uh, do, but you know like what I'm saying. people, at least. I don't know, man. It was just very, very unsatisfying. And, and, and I heard originally, this is not the original draft of Clerks 3. He had another draft that he, when he was first talking about making Clerks 3, and he was talking about making Mallrats 2 several years ago, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, pre-Jane Silent Bob reboot, that was supposedly a really dark version I don't want to see the dark version. I mean, after seeing this, this looks like the dark version to me. I, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean there weren't moments of levity, but fuck, you, you kill the man's wife and unborn child, then you kill him. I, Randall's best friend dies with Randall having no idea if he ever forgave him or not because the last thing he heard from Dante was Dante saying, fuck you, I quit being your friend. True. So, so Randall got... I mean, I know if you take into account the uh, voiceover that Kevin did at the end of the credits that was supposed to play... At the end of the movie, of you know, Randall lived to be 90 and got to make movies and run the convenience store and realize, hey, this job, you know, it, it wasn't a good job, but for the customers, it was a good job because of the customers. And, and ironically, Kevin said he felt that way, too. But I, I guess he's talking about the customers at the convenience store because I feel like he just fucked over all the customers of his films with this travesty of a film. But it doesn't feel like Randall really got a happily ever after. OK, he got to still work in the convenience store and make movies with Elias. He never got the girl that we know of. His best friend died, and as far as Randall knew, his best friend died hating him. So, I mean, this movie felt really masturbatory. No, it felt like Kevin Smith pissing in the mouths of all the fans who were stupid enough to ever care about his silly characters in the first place. And I'm sorry to have counted myself amongst those. You know, I thought that day in May 2018 when we went to the sash for the meet and greet with Kevin, and even though we arrived two hours early when we got there, even though it hadn't been announced in any of the advertising, they said, oh no, we're capping the line here. And then after, you know, going to the sash later that day, hearing his minions all day talk about how, oh, well, you know, Kevin won't have any time afterwards. There'll be no chance to meet him afterwards. And then getting back to our hotel two hours away and finding out that Kevin did hang out outside the store for like two hours meeting people afterwards. This on top of being overcharged at his silly bookstore for the second time. I thought that was the day that I stopped being a Kevin Smith fan. But, I mean, of course, that wasn't. I continued 
following his work and his podcast. And, you know, we went to see James Silent Bob reboot during a very busy time of our life. And we cheered him on during the show off. And that's what it was called, right? The TBS thing when they made the shorts during the pandemic. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, something like that. Um, You know, and and I hadn't listened to the podcast as religiously lately, but I was still, by and large, a fan. But no, October 14th, 2022 is the day that I stopped being a Kevin Smith fan. I thought this movie was good, just very sad. Same. Like, it's a good movie. It's like, it's not satisfying because it's sad and it's it's sudden. Right, but does that feel like what should have followed up Clerks 2? Like, like you could follow the original Clerks. This, As somebody who didn't passionately follow along with this, I felt as though it's fine. Well, like I said, in, in the original Clerks... And I mean, even though the ending's sad, I, I still, to some degree, I, I liked it. In the original Clerks, nobody really liked Dante and Randall. I mean, you might be entertained by them, you might relate to them, but you didn't really root for them. You know, they were just kind of... 20-something dicks. I mean, they, they interrupted a funeral and closed down the store to play hockey on the roof, and one of them's actively making plans to cheat on his girlfriend. I mean, uh, Kevin's friend Vincent Pereira, his original suggestion for the title for the movie when Kevin was still thinking about calling it Inconvenience was Rude Clerks, and which got shortened to Clerks. But, I mean, they weren't really nice guys. I mean, you didn't really wish any harm on them, but you weren't pulling for them. But then you have that growth going into Clerks, too, and then you really do start to care about these characters. And you see, you know, Dante finding love and Randall admitting how much Dante means to him and, and, and what he would like to do with his life. So you see that growth in these characters. And even like Jay and Silent Bob, you see growth in them going into Clerks, too. And then, if you know, you get Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and, and, and Jay's got a daughter now, and he's going to try. But then all of a sudden in this, he's like an even bigger knucklehead than he used to be, smoking so much weed that he can't even remember Dante's name. And it's like, what's with all this regression of these characters? So like I said, this would have been a great, if this had been Clerks 2, and yes, I know there are technical points that would have had to have been changed around, but you could have done that. You could have done a version of this movie without Clerks 2 existing. So if this had been the follow-up to Clerks 2, I would have thought it was amazing. I would have been blown away by it. But, but after, you know, caring so much about these characters and the growth and their journey. And I mean, I, I just don't even get it. Why do you want to just keep punishing these characters? They, they spent 15 years toiling away in a convenience store slash uh, fast food restaurant in what felt like a meaningless existence. And then one of them finally find, finds meaning. And then I thought this was the chance for the other one too. I, I mean, he did to a degree in his best friend and, and, and owning his own business. And then this is what you're going to, I mean, why do you want to keep punishing these people? I just, I don't see any joy in that. And that's yeah, it, life sometimes I understand that but I I live life I watch movies for entertainment and, and like I say I don't mind a sad movie I don't mind a harsh story but I just don't feel like that's the arc this story was going on from Clerks to Clerks 2 to now it's just a it's just an, a, a hard veer that doesn't really make sense to me if I put the time gap between Clerks 2 and Clerks 3 you could go in a billion different directions and a lot of them would make sense in some way or another. And you know, well, you know how I would have done it. Dante would have still had Becky. They yeah. would have had their kid. And I mean, again, if there was a scheduling issue or something, Rosario could only be there for a little bit of it. That's fine. She's on vacation. Or something. You could even have, if you want to introduce some conflict in the characters' lives, have her and Dante be going through a separation right now. I mean, they've had 15 good years. They're having a rough patch. And then at the end, that scene in the theater could have been a real theater where Randall is premiering his movie. Maybe he and Dante have had some issues, but now Becky's come back in. It's like she, she surprised him by coming to the theater, and they're going to be getting together. And he's like, you know, let's get out of here. Let's go work on us. And she's like, don't you want to see the end? He's like, nah, I'm good. I trust the director. He was, he's my best friend. Not he was. He is my best friend. Randall's sitting there by and he hears, and there's a little knowing nod between him. And then he and Becky leave the theater triumphantly. That would have been a way to go out. Not this crap that we got. And I'm not 
dismissing the quality of the movie. The movie is, is fantastic. It's There's a couple of weird editing choices, but overall it's great, and the acting performances are as good as I've ever seen from any of the people in this movie. It, you know, it, it's, it's phenomenal, and Kevin, it's one of his best writing jobs, and the directing is, is, I mean, it's fine. I don't know if it's spectacular, but it's perfectly adequate, if not more than so, and it looks great. It's a wonderful movie. Like I say, just the trajectory that these characters' story was on after Clerks 2, this doesn't make sense to me to go this way. It feels like it feels like Vince Russo booking wrestling. It's a swerve for the sake of a swerve. It's not what it should have been, and I don't understand why you would choose to go in this direction. It, it's jarring and not in a good way. It's completely off-putting to me. Um. Also, of course, I probably have different opinions because I haven't been waiting for Clerks Three as long as you have. Oh, I haven't been actively <laughs> waiting for it. I'm, yeah, I'm but after to, I've been looking forward to anything that you know Kevin was going to do, especially two, within the universe. After Clerks Two, uh, waiting so long for something else. Meanwhile, I. I have okay, well, don't 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 paint the picture like I've just been actively waiting on Tinder. It's like, oh, when's <laughs> no. the new movie gonna come out? No, I know you're not. I'm like that, I was invested in the Askew yeah. universe, so I was up for anything that was gonna come out. So, but it wasn't like, oh my god, I can't wait for it. And, and I mean, I had the same apprehension going in, like if he's gonna do a third one, is he gonna mess it up? Well, yeah. yeah, he did fuck it up, as it turns out. But and you're also much more of a hardcore fan, or I'm more of a casual fan. I'm not hardcore about anything, but fucking. But yeah, honestly, this might be my favorite clocks. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's it's easily no, this a clocks. Look, look seriously though, if you enjoyed it, that's fine. I'm not telling somebody they shouldn't yeah. enjoy it. And I mean, there's so little to get excited about in this world anymore. If this is something you found joy in, good for you. But I just I can't. I can't like this movie. I can't, and I and I won't ever watch it again. And I'll never watch Clerks Two again because of this movie. It, it's completely destroyed what was one of my four favorite movies of all time. In fact, early on in this podcast, we used to do a gimmick where we did our high five, where we do a top five of stuff. And I think the very first one we did was our top five movies. And and we we got a redo on our top fives on one of our later episodes. And I, I, I redid my top fictional characters or villains or something because I realized I'd made an error when I did that list. Alex redid her movies because she's like, I, you know, I, I was a, a little kid then. It was all Barbie movies. Now I have Still movies. mostly Barbie movies. My movies didn't change. Since, since 2006, my, my list of top five movies has not changed. And number four in that has been Clerks 2. And I, I can't say that anymore because it doesn't mean now what it meant then. So it, it's completely changed, you know, you know, my pop culture purview. And not in a good way. It's not like, wow, something else was so incredible, it knocked it off. No, something else was so terrible in its own way that it knocked it off. It was it was so bad to me, it not only ruined it, it ruined another movie. You know, that takes effort. Last Jedi was terrible, but it, it didn't ruin, you know, A New Hope or Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back for me. You know, th- this accomplished something. This is this is this is Steven Universe future territory. I, I brought up Chrono Cross even. Chrono Cross doesn't ruin Chrono Trigger for me. I can still play that game and enjoy the fuck out of it. For me, it's hard for sequels and stuff to ruin the original for me. I can't think of anything that does that for me. Well, like I say, the the thing, the problem is, Clerks Two is all about promise and that promise of we're finally gonna make it. We finally got something after you know, fifteen years of of, of work as far as working in the industry. They. 30 almost 40 years of life we're finally getting you know what what we want out of life and then you're telling me like within a couple months it's taken away 
and then Randall never really gets it or loses what he did have. Like, oh, wow, he gets to work in a convenience store with Elias now. And for all he knows, his best friend died hating him. Elias was a good character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elias, too. Like, there was, there was, you know, what were we talking? Uh, 15 years, six, 16 years, technically, between clubs. I can definitely complain about Elias in this movie. <laughs> I liked Elias. Elias was great in this movie. He was I great. Mean, it's fine. It's a the, the only complaint about Elias is like the only character growth Elias had was from the time Randall had his heart attack into yeah. the rest of the movie. The 15 years before that, no growth of the character whatsoever. Yeah. And also not I mean, some physical growth because he was a lot heavier than he was in the first in, in, in his first appearance in Clerks 2, but no act, no no character growth. And now he has NFTs. So Elias goes down three ranks in the character ranking. That's another thing, too. Uh, Austin Majeure's role as Black Train Coltrane. I, I have no idea. Like, you didn't need him to be Elias' the sidekick for the uh, the NFT plot to play out. I have no idea so, what So, what that. about this? That's Harley's boyfriend, Kevin's daughter's boyfriend in real life. And, um, well, y'all remember him. He was in The Sun in Lockdown. Yeah. The, the show off show. And they had that little moment with her as Jay's daughter kind of winking at him at the, and him like, ooh, at the, at the funeral. Mm hmm. And, I mean, I was kind of surprised that Millie, which is the character Harley played in Jane Silent Bob Reboot, Jay's daughter, with Justice, another relationship that Kevin just decided to throw the fuck away. But we talked about that in our reboot review. Um, she could have been, I, and again, I, schedules, I don't know how much she could, but what if he was her Silent Bob instead mm-hmm. of being Elias' Silent Bob? Is there a Would that have made way, way more sense because she's Jay's daughter? Kind of. And in real life, that's her boyfriend. He could have been her Silent Bob. That would have made money because he just, I never understood his relationship with Elias. I thought watching the previous movie, I thought that was going to be Elias's boyfriend, honestly. I thought that's what, or I thought that's where they're going to go. That's what Elias had grown from, you know, the hardcore Christian zealot. Now he's got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That, but if that was the case, it was never explained. And, and the little, honestly, it seemed like that for like knives and, and the little, movie. and the little look between Millie and, and uh, Block Train at Blockchain at the uh, funeral. Suggest to me that wasn't the case. I said, I forgot about Millie for Knives in this movie. I know I that. Like, oh, isn't that yeah. weird? And then, like, Jay, you think he's going to finally grow into adulthood as a father, but he's just this idiot getting so high that he can't remember Dante's name. And I mean, it's fine for Jay to still have some mistakes. I get it. You're still who you are, but wouldn't you like to have seen a little bit of growth from the character? And like I say, you could have factored in Millie and had him be her silent Bob, and you still could have played the, uh, you still could have done the same. Crypto jokes, you still could have had the kites fly at the end and that be the payoff. Even with Dante alive, because he still would have needed to pay back Emma at the end of the day. They still would have needed a bailout, so it would have still all worked. Just just a little thing that could have been... Like like I say, that didn't ruin the movie. Yeah. Y'all know what ruined the movie for me. But even if the movie had, had been much better in my estimation, I still would have questioned that, but at the same time, it wouldn't have made anything bad. I would have just been like, you know, you could have done that better. But mm-hmm. movies, you know, still would Yeah, honestly, the main thing I might that. change is Dante living, and that's pretty much it. Well, I wouldn't have killed Rebecca either. I mean, yeah. That, but it, I, mean, I think that works. But what does it do? Family. What does it do for the story? Other, other than make for um, one... Well, Dante kept. Other than make for one for one interesting scene outside of movies that almost like a playoff on the uh, legendary story from there was one night when they were filming the original Clerks. That Brian O'Halloran was just having trouble with with the lines, and he just like got stressed out and just like ran out of the store and ran away for a couple hours to clear his head before he came back to film the scene. So I think that was sort of a playoff on that. Um, but you can still do a version of that. So you can figure that out. I mean, if you're a good writer, and Kevin, for all for any faults he has, he's a good writer. He could have done something differently. I, I do feel like a lot of this was lazy writing. It, 
parts of it. I was, I think, by and large, it was very well done. Although, like I say, I think some of it doesn't make sense in context. I think some of it wasn't really earned for as good as it, it was in a vacuum. But, um, but seriously, what does it do to the plot of this movie? Which is basically, Randall has a heart attack, decides he needs to make his mark, so he makes a movie about the life they lived. That, that's, that, that's the plot of the movie. What does Rebecca dying change about that? Uh, or, Dante's or make, character. But Dante's what? whole character arc in this movie. What was his character arc? Well, maybe not character arc, but the, him dealing with that in this movie. Okay, again, have him have a separation. That's something stressful to deal with. If yeah. you feel like you need to put some weight into the character and, and it's definitely story. less impactful. I feel like, but and then, don't get me wrong, the scene at the graveside was a cool scene. The scene outside the movies was a cool scene. The scene inside the movie theater was a, they were beautiful I mean, yeah, scenes. All those were great. Scenes. But you can you can have different versions of those that work just as well with the character being alive, and it doesn't. Dante having a other than the the one scene that would be different is when Veronica makes a comment about having a family and then breaks down because she realized what she's just said in front of Dante and to talk about another beautifully acted scene but I mean other than that and you could you could give you know oh, I, I apologize Mary Gigliotti you could give her a reason to cry without that being it so other than that one moment Rebecca being alive changes nothing about the movie as far as anything that has any value to the story. I don't feel like you'd have to change some things if Rebecca was alive. All those scenes would have to be changed. Right, but other than than the graveyard scene, which was mostly comedy, and also I will say it was insulting when when she was like, we knew each other for like 15 minutes, you've been mourning for 15 years. That sort of diminished the relationship there too. So like I say, it was was a well-done scene, but if you take it out, does it make the movie worse in your estimation? Mm. No, it doesn't. It, it added nothing, really, as far as, as far as the overall... Right, and you could still have Dante freak out for some reason and run away. You know, I, I don't know exactly what it would be, but there's there's some reason you could do that. Just because he's getting stressed out dealing with Randall or something, you could do that scene. I told you how you could redo the movie theater scene, make it a real theater, and she's, you know, she's surprised him by coming in because they've been separated, and he chooses to leave with her, and he's like, I trust it's going to end well because the director was my best, or the director's my best friend, and that's sort of their, his and Randall's makeup after they get upset. So I'm telling you, as far as the actual plot of this movie, her being dead did nothing for the plot of the movie. And her being alive does nothing to change the plot of the movie. It, it, it makes the movie a hundred times better because it actually supports what was created in Clerks 2. But I'm sorry, her being dead had nothing to do with the plot of this movie. Yeah. And I mean, don't don't argue that Dante wouldn't have had the heart attack. if He still could have eaten like shit and, or had a bad heart. Or I mean, Kevin's happily yeah, married and he had a heart attack. So it's, it's just, it's crazy. I, I just do not get it. And I do not think she had to be dead at all. You know, oh, we didn't want to have to cast a kid or deal with Dante being a father. A, that's lazy writing. B, you're showing his life at work and dealing with Randall making the film. You don't have to show those parts of his life except in a very small spurt just to acknowledge it's there. It's, awesome. not, it's not a minute-by-minute documentary of the life he's living. Seems like Kevin Dan won't white anyone being a father in this movie. Yeah. I say that there are parts of it, for as well-written as it is, there are parts of it come off as very lazy writing. Hmm. Um... What about you, Lex? You haven't said much. You got some things you wanted to bring up. Not necessarily about the overall tone, but even just individual moments or anything. Not really. How do you feel about Rebecca's death? I I didn't feel one way or another. It's like, (laughs) damn, I'm sorry for Dante. Damn, bro, that sucks. It's like, that's sad. It's also life, so... 
I uh, like I said, I did enjoy watching the sort of recreations of the scenes from Clerks, and then you know yeah. doing very much spot on. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say uh, nobody knocked over Dante's coffin. That should have happened, in my opinion. I feel like that made the scene too comical. At the same time, though. I mean, it was fun having you know as many people back as could have been back. It, not only just the regulars, but like Scott Schiaffo was back as the Chili's Gum rep, mm-hmm. and um. Uh, Betsy Broussard, I believe, was was the lady waiting outside the video store for when Randall opened it up late, and the uh, actress who was inside of uh, RST Video doing the bit with Randall, and he goes out and he, you're banned from here. Mm-hmm. That was really the actress who did that scene, and I will say that where she's like, I want to do my take now, and she did it as Lucy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was cute enough, and the idea of an actor or a non-actor wanting to do a take their own way is is, is an interesting take. It just seemed very random. Yeah. Just all of a sudden she's Lucy. And I don't know if... I've never heard that story. Like, maybe somebody really wanted to do that on the set of Clerks. I don't know. And I'm sure an actor's want to do it at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fine. I didn't have any problems. Um, Bob Hawk was playing the, the Pringles Can Man. He wasn't the Pringles Can Man in the original movie, but Bob Hawk was very important to Kevin. He was the industry insider who sort of championed Clerks in his early days and, and got it, you know, to the attention of people who would eventually buy it and help make Kevin's career. So it was cool to see him in it, even though he wasn't in the original one. Um... Tony, the uh, the blue collar guy who kept coming, was like, "Is it my time now? Is it my time now?" Mm-hmm. He was really in the original. He was he was in the original Clerks, and he was he also had a quick cameo in uh, James Allen Bob Strike Back, walking out of the store because he just happened to be there the day they were filming. <laughs> so like I say it's, it's a it's 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 a time capsule, and it's a love letter to Clerks, and to a lesser degree Clerks too. It's also a death knell to Clerks too, if you can be both. But um, so I, I did enjoy all that. I enjoyed the. Uh, the, the notch to the Clerks cartoon when they went in the freezer and Donnie's like, it's Hothcold. That's straight out of the Clerks cartoon. And Mark Bernard's character being named Lando, mm-hmm. I think it's a reference too because Lando was the uh, the token black character in the Clerks cartoon. So I think he was technically playing that role. I thought that was really cool. And of course, seeing everybody, the audition scene, which is what made me get excited about it, seeing you know all the yeah. radical jokers in there, seeing Ben there, seeing... Um, Sarah, good, cool. seeing Sarah Michelle Gellar and Chris Wood from the He-Man cartoon, Freddie Prince Jr., um, who was playing himself. I'm not sure if the other people were supposed to be playing themselves. They never really said. Uh, Fred Armisen, I don't know if he was supposed to be playing himself or if he was supposed to be playing the character who created the Hater Tots from, because that's who he played in Jane Silent Bob Reboot. <laughs> and he did see some Hater Tots uh, yeah. branding in the background, so could be either one. And Ben playing Boston John was funny. I love Joe's part, too, where he was sort of playing at least a, 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 a sort of version of himself. He's like, I'm Joe, 45, recently divorced. Yeah. Does his role. Damn right. Joe was like one of the highlights of the movie, but all the jokes were funny in, in their parts, and that was a great scene. So uh, there's a lot of fun in this movie, a lot of great stuff, and I might could have abided by Rebecca's death if you didn't kill Dante in the end. And I mean, I guess you could argue, well, I had to kill Becca because I'm killing Dante. I don't want to leave Rebecca and a kid without Dante, which is bullshit too. But yeah, in fact, that's the one major thing I changed is not killing Dante. So that he could continue his story, as Rebecca said in the graveyard scene. Exactly. That That's the one change I'd make. If I could only make one change. Well, like I said, I, I, Becky shouldn't have died. And like I said, I think you could have handled it. You could have handled it so many different ways. I just gave one example with the separation or coming back in the movie theater scene. Because I did love the movie theater scene with her. It was beautiful. Yeah, with but, and uh, seeing all the clips from Clooks and stuff. But for it, but for it to really matter, you have to earn that. And just it's like, okay, Dante had a heart attack. Randall survived. Dante's gonna survive too, and he and Randall are gonna make. Wait, he's dead. 
I mean, you didn't earn that moment. So, I don't know. You got anything else, Lexi? No. Maybe he'll release an extended cut with more scenes. I will <laughs> It's never. not going to fix the problem. I will never And this time, it. Dante won't die at the end. You know what? The alternative cut. <laughs> like with Cloaks on that was a deleted scene or whatever, Dante died. Yeah, that was the original ending of the movie. Yeah. And, and that was in there for a while, and then I think it was Bob Hawking who said, you gotta cut that out. And then the new ending of Cloaks 3, Dante won't die, just like Cloaks 1. It's just the best. Except, 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 except that never made it to theaters, or the official release of the movie. It might have been at the original independent feature film market screening, but it, once it actually went out in public, that, Kevin, that so never it's existed. It's finally time to kill Dante. Well, that's what, you know what? Uh, for all intents and purposes... It would have been better off if he just left the original ending in and killed Dante there and never made Clerks 2 if this is where it was going to end up. Disagree. So you guys want to rate the movie? I'd probably give it like an eight and a half. Yeah, I was going to say like, yeah, solid seven-ish. I'm going to give it Becky and Dante's relationship out of ten. It was beautiful, but it had a shitty ending and it completely ruined the one that came before it. All right, well, on that note, come back next time and the conversation will continue. Until then, I am and will continue to be Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And this is Lexi Concluded. Bye!